In this episode, I talk to Edgar about his blog and podcast, and then I discuss radio with Bill. Watching the Wireless, a podcast about radio with Jamie Dyer. This is the Watching the Wireless podcast, and I'm joined today by blogger and podcaster Edgar, who's here to talk about um, both of those things. And they do have a connection, uh, of which I'm sure that we'll get on to. Um, Edgar, thank you very much for joining us. Um, tell us how the blog got started. Thank you for inviting me to your show. Well, it all started where, you know, with all these fires going around and on, my, on the job site I was working on, I got laid off. So being in the house, doing nothing, I was going crazy. So I decided to put myself to work and do something. And actually I wrote a small, well, a short story and came out with a book. And it's a funny story because the blog, I created it so I can promote the, my book. But on the process of making this blog, um, one, uh, I had an experience and it just popped up on my head. And with my experience, I helped some of my friends. Like I, I was giving them advices. So instead of putting my blog to promote this book that I, that I just uh, made, I decided to use my blog to share my story with a purpose of helping somebody out there. And that's when everything started coming together. Since I shared my story on my blog, I started inviting people that I knew that went through experiences that changed their life. So I started asking my friends, family members, if they would like to share. And little by little, they started sharing. And people on Facebook, people out there, they started starting to reach out to me saying, oh, I would like to share my story. So I started with one story, then two, three, and so on. And I came to a conclusion that there's people out there that are readers, like they just like to read. And that was my my audience, just for readers. Then I found out my sister, she doesn't like to read at all. So she was like, oh, I prefer listening to reading. So I came out to the idea to make this blog and uh, do it to a podcast as well. Since I have some stories already on my blog, I have to go back and start doing doing it on podcasts. Some of the people, they didn't feel comfortable sharing their story on, uh, on podcasts. So I ended up reading those stories. And the people they like coming to my podcast, they'll just come just like you and me. They would just come and share their stories and I would just ask them questions here and there. So yeah, it's kind of like connected. And my main focus on the blog is for people to share their stories and for people out there who's reading the stories or listening to the stories, if they have a question or if they have a comment or maybe somebody who experienced the same thing, they can go to the blog and just post a comment saying like what they experience if they have a question they can ask a question right there and of course whoever shared their story on their blog they can go back and read those comments and reply to those comments as well and the podcast is just like to reach 
to reach out more people. So that's that's how the blog and the podcast is connected. Well, it's it's fantastic uh, that you've made a connection with both the reader and the listener. Um, how long did it take between the blog and the podcast to become a reality? Um, so, for example, the blog started. How long did it take until the podcast was a thing? Well, actually, since I'm posting one story a week, every week I'm posting a, a story. So I would say I had like, I would say within a month of having the blog already, I decided to make it a podcast as well. So it didn't take that long. And you're really connecting, it sounds like, with the audience. And it's good as well that, um, do, do you feel slightly annoyed when somebody doesn't want to share their, their story in audio form? Do you think that that makes the audio version almost more powerful? Or do they think it's more powerful? Well, whenever they come to the podcast and, and actually the people they're sharing their stories, they're telling their point of view, I feel like there's more connection to it instead of me reading their stories. But I understand also like there's people really busy on their schedule and they don't have time to come to the podcast or for any any reason, they, they just don't want to be part of it, which I respect that. And like I said, my point of uh my blog and the podcast is just to share their stories to the world. It will be great if they come to my podcast and just tell their stories. It sounds like you have really um, done well with that. What are you using to record those podcasts? Well, actually, right now, since I'm starting, I'm just using my phone. I have a computer, but it has, like, no camera. It's an old computer. So if I need to, I just go in there and just fix uh, things here and there. As of right now, I'm just doing, uh, like, you, like you can see, my headphones and, and the phone. Well, I mean, we all have to start somewhere, don't we? Um, what, what are your ambitions, though, for the, the future of the podcast? Well, actually, as of right now, a big ambition, I don't really have one, I can say. Like, I just want to be out there and kind of like be a leader of, of those people who would like to share their stories. I also realize there's people out there that they would like to share their stories, but part of them, they don't, they don't feel secure. So I invite those people also to come and just uh, share their stories and I can make it anonymous. It's, you know, sometimes you have something inside of you and you just want to tell that story, but you don't want the people around you they know you, you don't want them to know this you. So I invite those people to come and just be open. So actually, I, I don't have a, like a, a ambition, I'll say. It's great that you're thinking ethically that not everybody wants to be included and that you're thinking um, about those things. So th this, uh, this blog, I mean, w which one takes more, more of your time? Is it the blog or the podcast? I would say both. It has his up, its uh, ups and downs. You know, on the blog, um, I ask for the people to write their stories. So once they write the stories, they can send it to me by email. And, you know, I have like, sometimes I get like three or four in a week. So I need to go back and tell them hey, and explain, explain them how the process is. And once I get them their story on the blog, I will invite them to come to the podcast. And you know, doing the podcast, 
since I'm, I'm a beginner, I'm, I, I don't have a lot of experience in these podcast things. So what I do, I just record, go back and edit it. And sometimes it takes me a while. And sometimes it's just like quick. So I'll say like it has its ups and downs here and there. Well, I do wish you the best of luck with it. If people wanted to find your blog and podcast, where would they need to go? Well, I have my blog. It's called sharemystoryaid.com. And you can you can read all the stories that I have shared in there. And I also have included the links for the podcast. And actually, I have my podcast on Anchor. But on this specifically tab, you can choose either one, like the one you feel more comfortable with. So you you want to hear to the podcast, just go to sharemystoryyet.com and you just click podcast and choose the one you would like. Yeah, I mean, you say that you use Anchor. I'm also an Anchor user. It's very easy to to work, isn't it? Yes, it is. Especially for like for people like me, like beginners, it's like you just record it, edit it, and post it. To give some context, what what do you do for a living? Well, like, like I, I mentioned before, I used to do. Um, I was an X-ray technician, working on the oil and gas field. But since the virus came around, they shut down the jobs that I was working for. So I had to find my ways out here and there. So as of right now, my full-time job is like working on the blog and this podcast. And, you know, it, it seems like a, a worthy thing because uh, sharing, I mean, we, we are encouraged now to share more about ourselves and, and our stories. And uh, it's, it's so great that you are doing that with, with people. And, and I assume that it's gone beyond just people you know now. Yes, it is. Well, um, Edgar, thank you so much for appearing on the podcast today and all the best with the blog and the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. And it was an honor to be on your show. This is Watching the Wireless. And now on the Watching the Wireless podcast, I'm joined by Bill, who has many years in the radio industry. How did you get into radio, Bill? It started when I was at Sussex University. Um, I was supposed to be doing a degree in developmental psychology, um, but actually spent all my time at the student radio station. But it was great because you there's a lot of freedom in student radio to try all sorts of things out, to try being a producer, to try being a presenter, present music programs, present speech programs. Um, you, you can try out all sorts of things. And so that was good experience. Yeah. And so a good overall experience um, for you. You've obviously done lots of things over the years. Give us a little bit of a, an overview as to like your um, your experience? Well, uh, when I left university, uh, my first job in broadcasting was in television. I was at uh, TVS in Southampton as a, a broadcast engineer. They lost their franchise in 1992. And I realized that actually my heart was in radio. Um, so I retrained. I did a postgraduate diploma in radio journalism. And then went on to work mostly for BBC local radio um, as a reporter and newsreader. But I also did some work for the BBC World Service, for the Dutch World Service, um, commercial radio, you, you name it. When you're freelancing, you know, you, you'll take any work that's going. And more recently, podcasting. 
Um, so that is, is a sort of whistle-stop tour through my broadcast experience so far. Well, so many things and, and very varied, but then you started off in quite a varied position. Um, your podcast, which is called Podcast Plus, I've listened to it. It's really interesting because you have that presenterless approach, almost like um, a self-talking documentary style. Yes, it's not often used because uh, it's quite tricky to do. Um, there is a program on Radio 4 called Soul Music that does this. Uh, you just hear the music that's the subject of the program and various different people talking about um, uh, the music. Um, and I do this in my podcasts. Um, it's partly to stretch myself to become familiar with a new technique. I don't want to get rusty, so deliberately stretching myself. So, yeah, I try to make a variety of podcasts. I've made one about street pastors. I've made one about a food bank. Uh, I made one about um, a group of Christian coders who get together to work on projects for charities. And uh, I made a podcast about that. It's probably the most complex thing I've ever done. Um, but in all those, um, I interview people. I then cut my questions out. So you just hear them and you hear the background sounds of the street passers on patrol or... Um, the people chatting at the the hackathon for the Christian coders. And then I put it all together. One thing I have to do when I'm interviewing people for that is I have to ask them to summarize, briefly summarize the question in their answer. And the, the example I use is, um, let's say I ask you the question, um, why do you drive a red car? If you answer because my mother drove a red car, it, it won't make any sense. So if you could briefly summarise, I drive a red car because my mother drove a red car, then that'll work. So it's a bit more tricky when it comes to interviewing, and it does require more editing. But I think it can work very, very well as a storytelling format, because you're just hearing from the people. Yeah, um, and it's it's a technique that's employed quite often in um, film production, isn't it? I. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a. It, it's not often I um, a, a see a, a film documentary. I have several. I've got um, an inconvenient truth, um, which I haven't actually watched yet. But yeah, it'd be interesting to to see if that's used in film as well. Yeah, well, I I trained in in film, and it's that's certainly a technique that I was familiar with um certainly um so you have all that experience in radio and you're currently doing podcasting have you done radio for for a while um you know like is it has it been a while sorry since you've done radio it has um it's yeah it's been a while since i've uh, uh done broadcast radio uh, i have been teaching radio um i work in a couple of journalism departments and uh, uh, have been teaching radio on a, on a variety of different courses. But yes, in terms of radio now, it is podcasting. Because to my mind, a podcast is, is a radio feature. It's radio skills that are used to make a good podcast. 
It's just that you access over the internet. Which is using um, relatively new technology. Um, you must work then, if, if you're in lecturing, certainly before the lockdown, you must have worked with lots of um, quite enthusiastic students because it's a very popular thing now, isn't it? Just audio in general. Um, yeah, the, the, the enthusiasm varies. Some are very enthusiastic, others not so much. Um, but yeah, it's great to be able to pass on my love for radio um, and have to think about, okay, how do I teach this? Um, I start by looking at the strengths and weaknesses of radio and you know, get the students to think about what are the strengths of radio and what's the biggest work, uh, weakness of radio that you would have to work around um, if you were making a radio piece. Um, and just to briefly summarise, I feel that the main strengths of radio, it's simple, so it's very flexible. Uh, it's personal, a good broadcaster, and the saintly Terry Wogan was one of them, made you feel as if they were talking just to you. And it, it's a wonderfully creative medium. It uses the imagination. And with a well-written script, a bit of music, sound effects, you can take the listener in the in their imagination anywhere at any time. Uh, the example I give is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where you are taken, amongst other places, to the restaurant at the end of the universe. Um, and I, I just think that's a very powerful illustration of, of how radio can work. Definitely. Um, the Hitchhikers is definitely up there as one of the most immersive uh, pieces of audio that I've certainly ever, um, ever encountered. Um, you mentioned a great love for radio. One of the questions that I like to um, ask on this podcast is, what are you listening to? Recently, I've been listening to Test Match, Test Match Special. Um, and apart from anything else, it's brilliant radio, how they do that. Because there, there can be periods in cricket where not much is happening. So how do you keep the listener engaged? And it's quite brilliant how they do this. The the variety of presenters uh, on the one hand, um, and the way they spin and at times, you know, they're talking about the pigeons or, um, but but they they do this quite brilliantly. So quite apart from the interest in cricket, um, it is superb radio. Um, I've been listening to Paul Carenza. Uh, you had him on the podcast recently. Um, he's uh, been doing a series about uh, uh, the British Broadcasting Century. And again, he's, uh, I, I was referring to the um, weakness of radio earlier. And I think the, the biggest weakness of radio is the listener can easily be distracted. How do you get around that variety? And boy, does Paul Carenza do that in spades. He's using a, a variety of different music and effects and um, so he's really keeping you listening uh, and keeping you engaged. And the other podcast I, I listen to regularly is The Daily from the New York Times. Um, and I, I just think uh, that that is brilliantly done. Um, and the variety of stories they cover, you, you really get an insight. Yeah, it's it's one of the, the biggest podcasts at the moment, um, The Daily. And I can recommend Paul Carenza's um podcast it is a fascinating listen 
and I don't just say that because I was in an episode, but he does uh, he he does um, use a variety of things, as you say. Now, obviously, being in in um, just the media for a long time, you must have seen so many changes over that time. What, what's your take on the current changes that are happening within the radio industry? Oh boy, where to begin? Um... The, the huge change since I was working uh, in radio is the internet. Um, it was just beginning to start um, when I was working BBC Local Radio. Um, there were Usenet news groups that you could join to talk about particular subjects. So, yeah, the the internet's just been huge in um, all sorts of things, not, not just media. I suppose the other thing that comes to mind is new radio stations coming on. For instance, Times Radio uh, that has just started, um, which means more competition. Um, I'm concerned about what's happening to the BBC. Now, um, that may just be because most of my experience has been um, for the BBC. But the financial pressures, it's under um, job losses. And, I mean, we do have the best broadcasting in the world uh, in this country, and an important reason for that is the BBC. Um, and everybody else has to match their standards. So... Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about the future of the BBC. Yeah, there are so many changes um, going on there at the moment, and certainly the streamlining of local um, output is quite um, quite surprising. Since they they keep kind of reversing it, don't they? I yeah, it must be very difficult to be working in BBC local radio at the moment with all this uh, all these changes. And yes, it and and yet it's so important, and, and particularly uh, now with with the COVID crisis. You know what we're hearing is the importance of BBC local radio, um, local radio generally, BBC local radio in particular. Um, so, you know, I, I just hope the powers that be, and that would include government as well as um, the BBC bigwigs. Um, do really get behind local radio. I hope so, because certainly during this um, time, I think the BBC has pretty much earned their place up there. Um, they've done so many amazing things, as, as have um, a lot of stations uh, across the country, um, really stepped up during the COVID crisis. Yeah, um, as have, I mean, I think credit where credit's due, as have so many other people. Um and I think one thing about this crisis is we're learning who the really important people are. And they're not the famous, they're not the influential, they're not um, landed gentry. Um, the really important people are health workers, including carers, emergency services, utilities, transport, communications, and people who works in, uh, work in shops and supermarkets. Um, those are the people who are keeping us going. Um, those are the key workers. Those are the really important people. And I hope one thing that comes out from this is that we reassess our priorities um, and realise, you know, who the really important people are. Yeah, and, and I know from listening to your podcast, that's pretty much 
um, the the people that you were going to before, the the kind of interesting and um, vital people in society. And obviously, because of all of the the restrictions that are in place at the moment, probably prohibit you from doing what you did. But have you any kind of ambition to do any more podcasts, perhaps on those um, people that you mentioned? Uh, absolutely, I want to make more podcasts. Um, I'm slowly working on a, a script about um, uh, the scientific revolution um, and uh, Sir Francis Bacon, and uh, he's credited as being um, uh, the person who came up with the scientific method. So I, I'm putting together ideas for a podcast about him. Uh, that would be uh, quite a tricky one to do, but I'd look forward to doing that. I'm also uh, getting stuck into um, Christian climate action. You'll remember the protests last year. People concerned about climate change were um, engaging in civil disobedience, things like that. So I'm getting stuck into the uh, Christian branch of that. Um, but, you know, in at, at protests, um, uh, when action is taken, I would love to make podcasts about that. I mean, my most recent podcast was about Black Lives Matter. So, I yeah, I would like to make uh, podcasts about climate action protests as well. Well, um, I hope that you get to do that. And uh, I do wish you all the best with your podcast, which for the listeners is called Podcast Plus. Um, you host via Libsyn. Why do you use Libsyn? I use Libsyn because I think it provides the best experience for the listener. The most important person in any podcast is your listener. I do spend time looking at other hosts. So, you know, if someone's podcast is on um, Acast or um, Apple or, or wherever, um, I do take a look at the the podcast player and what it's like for me as a listener to use. And I still find by far and away Libsyn is the best. You get the duration of the podcast. That's important. Um, you know, if, if someone's going to decide whether they're going to listen to your podcast or not, one of the things they're going to be thinking about is the duration. And I, I do say I've, I do feel far too many podcasts are too long. You know, you two hours, you know, how, how much of my life do you want? Um, so I try and keep my podcast quite short. So if people can see they're quite short, I, th I think they're more likely to think, okay, I'll give it a go. I'll have a listen. So that's useful. Um, they provide an RSS feed. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I just feel Libsyn provides the best experience for the most important person in your podcast, which is the listener. I get so many questions about hosting um, and, and recording and things. What do you use to record your podcasts? About a year ago, I got the Zoom H5. Um, and the, the first podcast I did um, with that was um, the uh, Stop the Coup demo. Um, in in Downing Street, I'm very pleased with the Zoom H5. Um, good quality, uh, straightforward to use. The one slight problem with it is that the mic sockets don't have clips. Um, and yes, at one one time the mic lead did fall out. That was 
that was um, when I was making a podcast with the Street Blasters. So that's the one disadvantage, but otherwise very pleased with it. Um, so that's Zoom H5. Uh, I use an AKG D120 microphone, which I've had for years. I, I'm not sure they're available anymore. Uh, headphones, the Bayer DT100s. So in a, in a nutshell, that's... Um, uh, the equipment I use. Uh, you asked about making future podcasts at the moment. Um, I've just ordered uh, an attachment for the Zoom H5, which is a, uh, a small shotgun microphone. And I hope that'll mean I'll, I'm able to keep my distance from people and events, but still get good quality sounds. So we'll see how that works. Well, which is something that the um, BBC are currently using to conduct uh, interviews on BBC News and such. Yes, the uh, the challenge there is the expense of um, a good quality broadcast uh, shot, shotgun microphone. You know, you're talking about £200 plus. Um, there is an attachment for the Zoom H5, which is about half that price. Um, I'm just wait for, waiting for it to arrive at the moment. And I, I hope that'll be of reasonable quality. So I'll be able to carry on making podcasts i'm certainly looking forward to uh hearing what you do with that as are the listeners of this podcast um i'd like to say bill thank you very much for appearing on the podcast today well thank you it's been a pleasure You've been listening to Watching the Wireless with me, Jamie Dyer, with guests Edgar DeLeon and Bill Shaw. Please be sure to rate, comment and subscribe on your favourite podcast provider. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can. Tweet us WatchWireless19 on Twitter. You can also tweet me personally at JamieDyer89 or you can just go to the Facebook page, which is just simply Watching the Wireless. This has been Jamie Dyer for the Watching the Wireless podcast, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now.